Hi, Sachin. Hey, Dinkar. Uh, it's been a while. I think first I went on vacation, then you went on vacation, and then almost all of India went on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, but during this period, uh, we had few conversations um, around uh, metrics, outcome metrics, productivity metrics of teams. And uh, recently, there have been a lot of um, asks about our opinion and recommendations around metrics for individuals. Yeah. And, uh, this is something that I'm always little wary of. Uh, when an exec uh, says that I want to measure the uh, measure uh, my developer, though the stated reason is always we want to figure out where they are struggling, where they are performing, and offer them help. Uh, but um, you know, when you measure something, uh, then you want to improve that. And uh, many times I have seen and I worry that it may immediately come down to developer A uh, is not doing well in this and in, and it kind of uh, circles down on an individual rather than uh, work at the team level towards achieving an output. So I yeah. think this whole discussion on volumetric versus volumetric is something that we have talked a lot, but uh, let's dive down uh, again today in this uh, in this podcast so you know we can share our views with others and hear what they have to say so let me uh, start with this um, uh, you become what you measure so hmm. what's your experience on organizations who are trying to measure volumetric um, metrics for a developer, what it does to the culture, what it does to the developer, what it does to the team, uh, what's been your experience? Yes, uh, and Dinkar, you rightly said, uh, this is a very close topic which associated with the culture. Uh, and when execs are talking about it, uh, I would like to also like step back a little bit and think uh, and address that elephant in the room, right? Is why they are even thinking about this. Um, and uh, if you have noticed, lately we are talking to execs who are asking this. Yeah. Uh, this has been always, but suddenly the request, number of requests uh, have jumped up. And I believe partly it is happening due to the hybrid work environments. Mm. Earlier, um, you and I used to work very closely uh, and it was not very difficult for you to figure out what am I doing? How much uh, time I'm spending on doing something? I used to keep uh, a logbook, such in stood up, certain <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but even jokes apart, uh, the, the feeling that I could see in my vicinity, my 10 team members are doing certain things and I can uh, just observe it uh, gives a lot of confidence uh, about something. It was very difficult to hide behind a rock, particularly if your organization is like ThoughtWorks where you have a flatter, uh, workspaces that there are no cubicles and walls and you can't hide in a corner. But today, um, there are a couple of problems which are exacerbating this thing. Is A, we are working almost remotely and you have no visibility into what I'm doing, where am I spending my time? 
and uh, um, I'll yeah, I'll talk the sub subsection of it. But the second uh, thing I'll get to first is, uh, and the other thing which is causing this is a lot of people like even I struggled with it uh, uh, in the beginning is we are not super organized or we are not super um, like efficient in terms of our communication with this uh, hybrid environment with our team that this is what I'm doing. This is what I, I mean, we are still working. Uh, many of us are still working as if it is like the uh, non-hybrid era where, uh, I mean, Dinkar should know what I'm doing or Dinkar knows what I'm doing. This implicit expectation is also causing that problem. So uh, these are two major reasons which I believe are uh, like creating that suspicion mindset into uh, leaders that they believe a lot of things are not moving in the right direction. And am I actually having uh, people working and giving their best to my things? Um, and the talent cost has gone through the roof, so they want to optimize this as much as possible. So I, I get it. It's a genuine ask. It's a genuine concern. But um, often, uh, in the context of software development, uh, because that is what you and I are good at, we don't know uh, rest of the industry, is uh, the culture of openness and trust and collaboration is super important for us to achieve uh, the creative output which we typically are expected to generate. Unless you and I are, let's say, working on a, a system or a process which is extremely volume-oriented, like, uh, yeah. example, um, you and I are in customer support and we need to resolve a certain number of tickets per day. Otherwise, uh, there will be a backlog generated which will take long time or more people to address. Uh, or you and I, are into uh, publishing where certain number of stories you and I need to process through editorial. And if we don't do that, then this will not actually go live. The newspaper won't get published. So we are, uh, if you are into that time constraint mode where your volume of output is extremely critical, uh, by all means, please do that. Uh, we are not even talking about that. It's justified there. Right. But when you we are talking about these creative endeavors where uh, you are creating a software screen or a mobile app or uh, a feature uh, where there are 15 ways to do this. I can actually implement it sloppily. I can implement it uh, in an optimal way. I can implement it in an uh, over-engineered manner as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, it's not even needed. Uh, here, the effort required to achieve uh, something varies greatly and there is no way I can even measure it. Uh, so these volumetric uh, measurements, whether it is how many commits Sachin committed today or um, how many lines of code was written, uh, these all kind of metrics will be, uh, I would say, indicating a false sense of security in leaders that something is being achieved. Hmm. But they will struggle heavily to link that to show demonstrable progress on the business side. Right. Um, and uh, that is what is uh, the challenge. Uh, but we can unpack it a little bit more. Um, so, uh, Dinkar, I also now want to ask you a couple of questions. Is uh, um, 
let's say that people are wanting to get answers to this productivity thing. Um, what level of, like, like in this hybrid world, what does productivity even mean? Is it like still as the old times where you are, you and I are just churning out features and stories and uh, um, um, making things or something else has uh, creeped up into people's days that these leaders are getting worried? I, I, I think uh, actually uh, uh, this is coming from a very good uh, change. Mm -hmm. But um, how this changes, people are trying to understand is uh, very much from old methods because that is the reference Correct. we have, right? So the positive change that has come is that uh, now a lot of leaders are not worrying about what's happening in the office. Um, uh, are you, there are so many uh, details that they don't have to worry about because employees are to a large extent self-sufficient in their home office, small office, right? right? So a lot of those things are now away, right? And I, and I, as I talk to the executives and leaders, right, I feel that there is more focus on outcome than before, mm. because now people are saying that you know, I am not getting distracted by these earlier small nitty gritties that I used to get distracted while I was in the office. I'm sitting now. And I don't have to worry about these small, uh, you know, busyness hmm. of uh, taking care of these many things. Now I'm now now I can focus on what are we achieving. Okay, we are achieving things, and uh, we are achieving things at certain pace. How can I improve it, right? Hmm. Because the executives themselves are now genuinely focused on outcomes. Yeah rather than these small um, uh, active uh, volumetric things, right? But now they want to increase the outcome. They want to improve. They want to increase the value. So what kind of things they should do in their teams to increase it, right? Earlier, I could see someone go up and go to, let's say, restroom a lot. And I'll wonder how much time does a team member spend in restroom. And that's why... A lot of companies started, you know, you step out of the floor, you have to swipe your cards. Uh, there's one story uh, of an uh, organization who was thinking, who had actually invested in a pilot of putting an IoT device under a chair, which used to measure how much time someone is sitting, right? They were doing all of these because in their mind, activity implied outcome. Now they have no idea what activity is happening, right? They're seeing outcome. The only thing in front of them is the outcome. So they're focusing on outcome. That's good. But in order to improve the outcome, what do I have to do? I fall, fall back because we don't have the new paradigms on how to increase the outcome of a team, how to focus on the value generated by the team. We still don't have those metrics. We still don't have that mindset. So what do we do? We try to figure out maybe the team is not now, not that much focusing on activities. Maybe if I help them improve their involvement in activities, the value will increase, right? So they are having a good uh, outcome in mind, a new a good goal in mind, right? Rather than going and measuring people, they're focusing on outcome, but they don't have the tools on how to handle the other side of it. What kind of changes to bring in the team? 
And in absence of those, they're falling back on these and they're trying to double click on it, right? So every exec who has reached out and said, um, hey, I want to measure this. And I, and I, you've been in some of those uh, conversations. I say, why do you want to do it? What's the intention of people? And I feel that they genuinely say that uh, when they're saying it, they genuinely mean it. I want to help people who are struggling. Unless I don't know which, because now the developers are also kind of disconnected from each other. So I may not know what kind of challenge someone else is facing, right? So they want to figure out, hey, what's your challenge? How can I help you? They'd want to help this struggling developer, but unless they don't have a view into that developer's um, you know, uh, metrics, they won't be able to know where to help. And in absence of very good outcome metrics, they fall back on the same set of things. And I think that is what is driving uh, this. Um, you know, yeah, conflict. Dinkar, you, you actually... Uh like stated a very good uh, issue, then in my mind, uh, the challenge seems to be that people are not aware of what things are happening, who is struggling. And uh, you know what? Sometimes complex problem has very simple solutions. So in my mind, if I would like to highlight that who is struggling, if that is the real issue, and you are not focused on identifying uh, uh, like the black sheep from the uh, herd, right? Uh, then probably you should focus on implementing the practices which are for last two decades working if you implement them effectively. Example right. is a, a good stand-up. Uh, stand uh, when, when you are doing stand-ups, uh, you are not supposed to run them like status meetings. Right. Uh, and, and there is a way in which you are supposed to conduct these meetings. Um, uh, in terms of uh, uh, if you uh, think about most of these companies, they run their uh, um, uh, they run their uh, standups as status meetings. Yeah. The the boss is actually asking and saying, "Hey, tell me the status." So uh, maybe that is one change which should be looked at. Um, the second thing which I also feel is you should start making more collaborative uh, efforts. And today, luckily, we have a lot of tools which can help you do that. Example is uh, in ThoughtWorks, we use uh, these Zoom breakout rooms for pairing, where uh, a team uh, logs, in, logs in in the morning. And what they are doing is they are for a whole day, um, uh, just like uh, you, being in the pairing sessions. And uh, uh, by doing that, they are uh, essentially... Uh, allowing people to walk into any of the uh, like pairs rooms or go to uh, these common huddle rooms and uh, work as if it is a physical workspace. I uh, agree with you, I think. And, uh, you know, um, some of our colleagues are working on this. Uh, you know, I think a lot of these implicit practices probably need to be formalized. I mean, there is, you know, some people call it Agile 2.0, some people call it distributed Agile, some people call it asynchronous Agile, but I think we need to come up with new set of practices, uh, ways right. of working, which uh, is addressing this, either you call it remote first, you call it all remote, you call it hybrid, uh, but I think um, the outcome of this, you know, whatever, even if everyone is in office, this focus on outcome, focus on value is a very good change. 
um, and depending upon your team, how they are distributed, how they are located, maybe some of those practices may change. You may apply um, uh, whatever, but uh, I think that that uh, is very important. And coming back to the uh, comment that you made earlier, maybe people don't know what those uh, ways are, what those metrics are. Uh, right. And uh, maybe uh, at some point we should uh, have some uh, discussion on that also uh, in course of this uh, one on what those uh, what our recommendation around uh, those uh, metrics are. But um, I want to uh, ask one question before we go there. Right. Uh, we are operating in the space of um, best of intentions. Uh, you know, that's the underlying assumption in all the conversation we had till now. Uh, how do we how do we protect a developer from being looked at using these metrics as performance review and you know um, are, are you are you the slow weakest link how, how do we make sure that it doesn't um, is there some guards we can put or do you have any thoughts or do you feel that the metrics that we talk about a lot, inherently protect a developer from that. Yeah. So I, I, I have a few thoughts on that. And um, this is going back to that culture aspect, which you started mm -hmm. with, is uh, how you can create one policy and suddenly the whole culture of the organization can get colored by that. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, example is... Do you remember Foursquare? Have you ever used that tool? Yeah, Foursquare. Yeah, uh, if you call it a tool, I I wasn't. Uh, I didn't no. think of it as a tool, but yeah. Sure. No, no, no. The app. <laughs> okay. I meant that. Yeah. The, yeah. the deal uh, with Foursquare, um, and uh, I and my team members used to use Foursquare. What I realized is that uh, our group was very competitive with each other on Foursquare and number of chickens. And we used to fight and go to those same tea shops and uh, same uh, lunch places to claim the mayorship of that place. Um, and sometimes I didn't even want to uh, eat this, uh, that food, uh, <laughs> like the parathas, right? But then I was like very close to get claim the mayorship. And then that used to influence my decision to go to that restaurant and eat the food, despite I wanted to do something else my story is applicable everywhere is we are competitive in nature many of us are and if you give me a metric and you like show me that that is a target metric for me where you will measure me like in case of foursquare it used to see how many times you visit a place and then de declare that you are the mayor of that place it was a just a virtual stupid badge um but I, it was very important to me, right? It, because it, it gave me that status within my group, peer group. The same thing happened when GitHub announced insights. Mm. In my team, we used to measure how many lines were added by somebody. So um, when we did commits, my team members used to do small commits sometimes. And then we used to like say, hey, hey, but you won on commits, but look at that. I actually added more code. Mm. Now, it's all fair when you are doing this for just stupid laughs. But what if an engineering leader thinks that I need to measure Sachin by these number of lines written or number of commits made? Um, 
the challenge is you will influence how people behave right and there is a good hearts law for that the economist in 1950s said that if you create a metric as your uh, measurement uh, as a target suddenly the value of that measurement is completely off yes. so you you shouldn't do that as much as possible the challenge is that how do i not tell and start measuring that the better thing is you measure abstract for example you measure how much is technical debt being generated in the code base um how many times a person is causing a bill to be failed right because that tracks discipline that tracks quality uh, you should actually think about uh, how many uh, like how like if, if you estimated something how how what is the lead time for that story if sachin made it takes to go to production if i am writing good test that means my uh, basically testing will actually become uh, in the optimal time right. and then after that it will go to production without any hiccups so essentially you just link everything together that's a good way to measure what is my quality of my output and uh, then obviously you should also think about measuring business outcomes like uh, a team was working on certain stories to achieve a business outcome did they achieve it or not as a group not as an in- individual but as a group and that would be a good way to measure um if you measure these number of commits number of uh, defects number of lines of code written uh, and all those things um i have seen these things uh, create very toxic culture in the companies uh, I, unhealthy I, competition essentially yeah i think uh, the, the, uh, other than toxic they also um uh, if they're not creating toxic in some teams that doesn't mean that everything is okay i've seen people chase local optimus right yeah. um, within this i'll hack something and i'll show make sure that these metrics always look good uh, right and that that that's what is scary about um, univariate uh, kind of uh, metrics i do this and then i start uh, getting good results here and that kind of drives this kind of behavior and um, you know, one of the things that uh, we we uh, think a lot about when we are thinking of a metric is always make sure it's multivariant multivariate right uh, means lot of variables need to fall into place for this single metric to move and right. if we do that from a team level to an individual level right we say hey individual developer uh, this is how your outcome is going to get uh, measured um, but in order to achieve that outcome we know because it's such a multivariate um, uh, relationship that uh, your discipline should be good uh your communication with the team should be good your understanding of what you're trying to achieve should be good your understanding of how to measure the outcome of what you achieve is good. a lot of things have to fall into place and then this will move so that motivates someone to be a well rounded well thinking developer rather than just you know uh, go in some direction go deep there become this you know local optima generate uh, you know uh, generating developer and then look good in the mid right there's this i used to hear this right um, in order to know who you are i do measurements but the flip side is uh, ultimately you become what you measure and it kind of robs a developer of all the possibilities of the lateral thinking they can do the uh, four five step ahead 
kind of thinking they can do, the focus on business outcomes they can have. If you give them a bunch of these univariate um, metrics and say that this is how I'm going to measure you, whatever be my intention. Correct. And I, I feel the tools are also matured in the space now. If you think about collaboration tools in terms of like, uh, I, I know what you feel about some of the tools, but Dinkar, uh, I'm talking about the class of tools which uh, provide you ability to now work very closely with your teammates. Example right. is Slack, in, uh, example okay. is uh, uh, chat, example is Zoom, example is Teams, example is uh, you are even like uh, on the go, like our tools on the phone are so mature that you don't need to be like stuck into a cubicle to be productive. Um, you can pick up calls, you can actually move things around. And uh, what I uh, I, I am uh, thinking is um, going back to your point about there has to be ways of working established by a team. And they need to think it in the new light, how they can uh, apply these tools effectively for their own workflows so that uh, A, this transparency issue can be addressed very well. That now, uh, we can restore the trust, which is sort of like missing. Uh, second is bring visibility and transparency at the leadership level where you generate these tools. One of the tools which you and I uh, are working on as well is to bring that visibility at the leadership level that they can see the impact of work, which is being done by the teams and generate these evidence-based interventions with the team rather than uh, just like... Uh, just uh, like find a random metric and say, I want you to be done that. I mean, <laughs> recently, uh, recently that uh, one of the largest company acquisitions, which we are in the know, right? Uh, some funny uh, things are coming out, like 50 pages of code was printed and then everybody up, was up for review and then later they scrapped that idea. But the point is, uh, I, I question what is the efficacy of these methods? Uh, so people need to change their ways of working to these modern standards. The On the tool side, you know, what uh, I was uh, kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, reacting to is uh, there are these tools now that um, a lot of execs are liking that, hmm. give you, very, you know, uh, they give you a very, you know, you can double click, you can double click, you can go down and you can, the, the, the assumption there is that, um, with all the details and all the permutations, combinations, slicing, dicing, the assumption is that there is this root cause, this, you know, this mythical root cause of a problem and you will uh, slice it this way, you'll dice it, then you'll add this data and then you'll focus on this person and this, 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 and you will find that root cause. And if you solve that root cause, everything else is okay. And what I think people not realizing is that the days of you know the, the thought process that there is a root cause a singular root cause to a lot of problems that's not the reality the root causes it's always bunch of reasons in a variety of places and um, all of them have to be thought of all of them have to be looked in in a very holistic manner and i don't mean like the new age holistic um, you know uh, not that i am trying to disrespect that term but not in like uh, you know experiential uh, way 
are uh, you know holistic holistic what i'm trying to say is that it's multivariate there's so many different right um, it's it on a grid of all the possibilities it's not a sparse metric it's quite a well populated matrix right so you have to go and look at so many places so these tools that allow you to go deep 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 this 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 i want to know this on this day what happened they give you all these capabilities but they give you a false sense of accomplishing um, accomplishment of having found the root cause. And I yeah. think that is what I don't like about these tools. Yeah, and and some of these uh, things are also very time dependent and they are very ephemeral. They, they are not persistent. But these type of tools which keep this volumetric thing may make it persistent. I, I'll give an example. Mm -hmm. is um, I, I was one of the first developers onto one of the product which I built. And uh, by virtue of that, what you get is you are able to create the app at the beginning, right? And uh, when I created Rails new app, and then suddenly it populated like 200 files and uh, 200 files with a lot of code. Suddenly my first commit was about, let's say 13,000 lines or something like that. I don't remember the exact number, but something mm. very huge. So the total lines of code committed for me was very high for a long time. Whereas some of these developers are continuously churning out features. And I was the um, also the uh, founder. So I kn knew that this is the cheat which I have implemented in the beginning. But that became a permanent record for me. Mm. And that, yeah, like, I I'll give you another example. What if like I'm on a team and they are measuring these things. And uh, let's say I just had a misunderstanding about a feature. And uh, I started working on something and I had to retract my steps back, which is very common scenario. Everybody has done this multiple times during their life. Um, now, uh, I would have taken, let's say, five days to do something which require only one day. But since I went two, three days into development, I came back to you and you said such in the feature was supposed to be done differently. It was my misunderstanding, which you should allow me to do that. Um, I went back, fixed it, everything done. And now suddenly my that particular commit is now five days. Um, if you see this two months later, it will appear that I was slacking in that time. Exactly. And that manager who's doing that analysis will say, bingo, I found the right cause. Correct. And then there will be a meeting to discuss that. And there will be dig out the old stuff to do that. And that's the totally loss of it. And, and it's, it's, it's something which is not even going to add a lot of value to your output. Exactly. Uh, and by the way, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not trying to undermine the reason why they want to do that. I right. do understand that, I, and I do believe it's a need. This comfort needs to be there, but the solution is different. It is a painful one. It is implement more transparency and trust in your team, despite people are hybrid and you can't see them working. Second is increase your communication with the team by. Uh, ways in which you are not adding more meetings to their calendar, but making meetings effective. And uh, uh, the third thing I would request them to do is uh, create these ways of working for these new tools, which allows them to effectively track these things, bring visibility to the leadership and the whole team as well. Uh, that's the right thing to do. Um, and I do believe that that is that has been the rule for like last 20 years, nothing changed here. Yeah. So Sachin, uh, let, let me ask you this, uh, the crux of this whole uh, discussion. What are your favorite um, metrics 
for productivity of a team that you feel uh, will be a good way to look at a developer and say that this is where you're doing good. This is where you need help. So what are your fav favorite recommendations? In my mind, top things come is uh, basically you should look at how uh, the team is working on building secure code. Like uh, when they are uh, running these, uh, like adding code to the project, how secure is that code? Are there any static warnings which are coming out? There are many automated ways to do it. Um, a second is uh, what kind of code they are writing uh, in terms of is the quality of the code better? Um, are they leaving the code base better than they uh, touched it? Example is technical debt, cyclomatic complexity, um, uh, the software design they are creating. Are they just adding code to existing methods and even like making them difficult to understand for later people? All those type of things. Um, so between uh, what, all of these, right, you mentioned cyclometric complexity, you major take it. Um, do you have one singular favorite one that you feel reflects uh, this uh, aspect the best? If you had I to think, pick. I think, uh, and the last one I earlier also alluded is that lead time of my time features, which go to production. Um, but uh, it will be lead time, I would say, if I want to pick one. Uh, that will indicate holistically. It's an abstract metric. It is very difficult for me to actually game it. I cannot just magically appear my commits into production. Yeah. Um, so I would like to know uh, how well is my commit uh, uh, that it can traverse past. If you are writing bad code, uh, it will not pass into your uh, CI environments well. It will keep failing into tests. Uh, QAs will uh, have difficult time. Then yeah. it will go back and forth in development and QA cycles. Then in UAT, it will struggle. And then eventually it will take long time to go to production. So I think uh, if I want to pick one metric, I would be uh, trying to figure out if if I have to go to individual level. Yeah. Uh, ideally, lead time also should be measured at team. But right. if you want to measure individual productivity, um, I would say lead time for an individual is a good metric to figure out. So uh, I think you misunderstood my question a bit. I was talking about within the three examples that you gave of tech debt, cyclometric complexity, and uh, that. that but I think lead time is also a good one. So till now, you have identified three. Uh, the security warnings uh, is a very interesting one. Lead time, um, again, a very good one. And uh, these translate well from, from a team to an individual. And the third yeah. one, I think you mentioned tech debt. Uh, the, the, uh, so these three, uh, are these three enough or do you have few more that? Uh... Actually, tech debt is a class of things. So tech debt okay. uh, comes at the top and then there are like many uh, uh, small uh, subsets of these metrics like cyclomatic it, complexity. Which actually is, which is good, right? That means that tech debt is a multivariate. Um, uh, yes, it is. A lot of things need to fall into place. It's meta in that way and it's a derived metric in that way, yeah. Correct. And lead time also is similar. A lot of things will need to happen correctly to make sure that the lead time is good. Um, and uh, this is also part of that DORA thing, right? With the four key metrics. Uh, so we are just borrowing the leaf and then saying that uh, uh, for individual, this lead time will be effective as well. Uh, so uh, think about it that way. Sure. So uh, uh, now that you mentioned DORA, DORA has three others, which I think yeah. make a lot of sense for a team. But uh, 
if I hear you right, uh, the ones that translate best from a team to individual, you want uh, to recommend, because we don't want to recommend too many of them, uh, lead time is probably the best uh, one to pick among all of those. Correct. And uh, the rest of the three DORA metric, right? Uh, example is uh, deployment frequency, how frequently your team is deploying code into production. Yeah, that's obviously and a team thing. Yes, you can't actually do that on an individual one. Uh, the change fill percentage, which is talking about uh, how many times you pushed a, core, a change into production and it caused a degradation in the service. Uh, now, attributing the root cause of that to individual is very difficult. And also it will be bad because you will be promoting uh, defensiveness into the team. So right. I wouldn't recommend that. And the last time I think is mean time to restore. But uh, rarely an individual will be able to control that. There are more things involved in that. So that's why the other three from four key metrics, which is deployment frequency, change field percentage, and mean time to restore. I don't see that relating or like coming down to an individual, but lead time, I do believe it can come down. So uh, Sachin, among the seven that we recommend to people a lot for their team, the one you have not covered is build failure rate. Do you yeah. think that is um, should stay with the team or do you think that can come down to the level of uh, individual in a productive manner? Yes, uh, we sh uh, thanks for bringing that up. Yes, we should do that. Uh, uh, the build failure rate is typically measured in a development environment is, and it is a good indication of how disciplined your team is. So if I am committing code, which goes into uh, an integration environment, it should it should say that, okay, Sachin uh, ran the build earlier or not. Uh, but I would not say this is my most favorite metric. This indicates overall team's discipline, uh, but a, it could also blame an individual falsely mm. because somebody else, because a, a continuous integration server picks up a bunch of changes in one go. Okay. It rarely actually uh, like running one single commit at a time. So... Mm -hmm. Unless you are able to do that, like every commit is individually tested in isolation on a successful build. And if you can create this kind of scenario again and again and again, uh, then yes, by all means. Uh, yeah. But uh, otherwise, I would not recommend uh, because uh, like five developer commits can actually go into one build. And if the build fails, uh, typically teams do uh, an analysis of like what change caused that failure. So I wouldn't recommend that for individual. Uh, makes sense. So let me summarize of the seven that we recommend for teams, uh, three of them translate very well uh, for an individual uh, because they're multivariate. Um, they uh, cannot be gamed or Correct. conversely, they cannot. They won't end up creating a local optima uh, and uh, they reflect a lot of good things uh, being done by a developer for these metrics. And the ones you recommended are uh, your security warnings, uh, lead time, uh, and uh, take that. Uh, yes, yeah. this makes it, uh, Sajin, this makes it very uh, real. It makes it very tangible because uh, I, I feel uh, many times people say that don't do this, don't do this, but very rarely people come out and talk about, okay, do this with the same kind of, uh, you know, conviction, passion, and research and thought given to it. So I'm happy that uh, while in this, um, I don't know how long we have been talking, 
while in these uh, X uh, number of minutes, we did talk a lot about what could go wrong if you're yeah. focusing too much on volumetric metrics, if you focus on an individual, what, what all could go wrong. But um, uh, on the other side, if you focus on these things, uh, then you will accomplish what you want to accomplish. Help a developer become a better developer. Yes. Uh, instead of creating an environment where uh, there is uh, toxic competition or a person may feel singled or convert these metrics from leading to a better value to a performance uh, review. Uh, so I think uh, th this was a good conversation and yes. um, uh, it's it's been a while since we had talked about metrics. We had taken the detour of assets and um, I'm, I'm happy we had this discussion. Maybe we should come back to the discussion of assets sometimes uh, later. Yes, so, we should. Uh, thanks, Sachin. This, uh, Thank you so much, time. Dinkar. This yeah. was fun. Yeah, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.